Beautiful. Sorry. Yep. I think so. That's good. Great. That good? Yep. That's great. All right. Look, I'm like a sound tech now. Wow. <laughs> the sound technician. Don't screw it up, Stephanie. We'll see. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to The Debrief with your friends here at Sandals Church, where Pastor Matt Brown is giving real answers to tough questions from the Bible. I am Stephanie Schaefer, and here in costume is Justin Party. <laughs> Dressed as Tim Hawley. Yeah, mm. you even got the voice down, too. That's impressive. Well, hey, everybody. I've been <laughs> yeah. practicing to do that, so yeah. I'm glad that I'm able to on Halloween here. Yes. Until Jesus comes, you should dress as the elf every uh, Halloween. Absolutely. Buddy the elf. Buddy the elf. I don't even want to say my my true feeling about that movie because I feel like the people will riot. There will be there will be pitchforks and torches. I love that movie. Don't say anything against that movie. I love I, that I don't I don't like it. Yeah, I love it. What don't you love Buddy about the holiday the elf. joy, happiness, narwhals? <laughs> Buddy oh, he no. he awakens the 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 epitome of annoyance inside of my soul and mm. I can't get over it. Mm. I, I do enjoy maple syrup. Probably on par with him, mm -hmm. but do not enjoy the way he runs his life. Mm. Wow. I'm sorry. Well, I never looked at Buddy the Elf as an example, but <laughs> yeah. apparently you have. Maybe and you yeah. wrestled it, with Maybe that. it's because you see some of yourself in there. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's what tends to happen, and that's yeah. okay. That's Yikes. okay. Welcome right. back to the debrief. Yes, where <laughs> We're conviction you. hits you immediately upon yes. arrival. So unlike uh, Tim's review of Elf, we do have some great five-star reviews and feedback that you guys have been leaving us in the iTunes store. We love when you guys drop those in there. That helps our show get more visibility there in the mm. iTunes store, which is one of the best places to find podcasts. So we actually have one that came in from Mara Randolph. Mara Randolph. Mara Randolph. I'd like to think mm. that's like a combined family name or something there. Yeah. Really sure. She says, thanks for being so real, guys. From your deep conversations to the little sidebars and laughs, listening to the debrief is always an hour well spent. The wisdom, the realness, and the intentionality you guys project on this show for your viewers is absolutely amazing. Keep it up, guys. Aww. We could just leave the realness out when it comes to hating Elf, though, okay? Okay. All right. I just I wanted to be that. honest. All right. Well, we have got a really fun episode in store today. It is Halloween, and you know Woo! we're all really dressed festively in costume today, so good job, yeah. guys. I'm dressed in mourning. For the Dodgers. Oh, uh, yeah. well, that's oh my not gosh. done yet, dude. Oh, that game. Oh, I know. Oh. That's fine. Los Angeles, repent. My gosh. <laughs> Maybe the they Lord will, is they will with return Houston. to their homeland today. Oh, my gosh. Come back if, if my people will turn from I have never homes. in my life witnessed a baseball game with so many home runs. Yeah. Oh, um, that was actually the most uh, highest scoring World Series game in history. Oh, my gosh. It was yeah. horrible. Steph, bring horrible. Stats. I know. Uh, I get them from my husband. Well, who gets them from wherever all the men in the world get their where, sports stats. Wherever yeah. we get. I don't really It's from it. heaven. It's a single, oh, it's okay. a single web page. That's where sports stats are held. There's the, there's the book of life. <laughs> right. And there's the book of stats. Right. In heaven. Yeah. Oh, just side by side. Yes. Okay. All men yes. receive an automatic download every morning mm -hmm. into their brains, directly oh. into their uh, yeah. brainstem. I was wondering how that worked. Thanks, guys. Yep. Wow. Okay. Well, we're going to do a fun episode today because it is Halloween. And But before we get into that, we actually have some really fun stuff we wanted to go through. Pastor Matt, in this your sermon this weekend, you're talking about the future of Sandals Church, that we want to launch 500 campuses. One of the hugest things that we're going to need to launch those campuses are leaders. We need mm. thousands of leaders to do that. And you talked about the Rogo School of Leadership. So before we dive into the rest of our episode, which is lots of fun, spooky things, folks, do, not, do not tune out. It's going to mm. be really fun. We want to talk about the Rogo School of Leadership. Can you kind of explain what that is and kind of what the vision is behind the Rogo School of leadership? Right. So, you know, the church can only grow as far as our leaders can take us. And so 
Um, I am the leader of our church, but we need literally hundreds of leaders. And so uh, ROGO, is it, it's intentional. So it stands for Real With Ourselves, God, and Others. And it's helping walk you personally through this process of learning to be real with yourself, learning to be real with one another, and ultimately being learning to be real with God in terms of leadership. It's practical, it's real. Um, there's some Bible uh, that you learn in that. Um, pastor Alfredo Ramos is uh, heading that up for our Rogo School. Uh, he's mm-hmm. the new campus pastor of Palm Avenue. Brilliant guy. But there's just a lot, a lot of practical information and people come alongside you, teach you how to uh, spend time uh, connecting with God in relationship with him through Pastor Dan Crowley. Uh, amazing, amazing guy. So it's, it's our personal investment in you and it is our prayer that you will then take what you've learned and invest it in God's kingdom and invest in people. So this is not just for people who want to grow themselves. This is for people who want God to grow them and then they're then going to help others grow. So Mm -hmm. we don't, you know, and that's the thing is we have to be very, very careful about who we spend our time investing in. And so it's people who want to invest in others. So if you're still all about you, then Rogo's not for you. But if you're at a place in your life where I want God to use me and I want God to use me to lead others and you believe you have the gift of leadership, and it doesn't mean that you want necessarily to be a pastor uh, or a minister because many, many people will have to minister and pastor in the marketplace. And so that is that you have a full-time job during the week and then you serve God in your spare time. And, And that's important too. So we want both of those, but this is designed for people who feel like they have the gift of leadership and they want to be challenged. And just so you know, it's a deeply, deeply personal process. You have to journal, your journals are red because we're real. Mm. These are not private journals and you are challenged. And Tim can testify (laughs) to the fact that your journals are red and you are challenged because, um, you know, sin's power is in secrecy. God's power is in confession. And so we teach people to confess and to be real and that's a difficult process. And I'm sure Tim can talk about that real quickly as he frowns and makes faces. <laughs> yeah, so Tim was actually a participant in our first Rogo School cohort. So we're gonna ask you some more about your experience, Tim. Before we get into that though, Pastor Mike, can you talk about kind of who we want to apply to Rogo School? Leaders, leaders, to? leaders, leaders. Mm-hmm. If you feel like you have the gift of leadership, people listen to you, people follow you, people care what you think, those are leaders. Okay, if, if no one ever follows you, you're just taking a walk. That's not leadership. So leaders don't just seek a position of power, but they actually have influence on others. And so some people are attracted to organizational leadership because they want power over people. Biblical leaders just want to help people and lead people. And so if that's you, we want you. And there's all kinds of opportunities. There's the worship school of leadership where we want you to learn how to lead people through worship. There's there's all kinds of mm-hmm. uh, you know technology that we need for mm-hmm. you to be able to lead and train people in that. And then there's also the minister pastor mm-hmm. category that you know we, we need people to step up. So yeah, for sure. And ladies, this also includes you. I know a lot of times we talk about leadership in the church. You're thinking about campus pastors, things like that. That seems like a lot of things for men. We want ladies in Rogo School. There's yeah. a huge place for women in leadership here at Sandals Church. Pastor Matt, I feel like you've really led the vision. Yeah, on absolutely. That. You've challenged me in that even. So I yeah. Really so we, it. if you're a lady, you know we, you know, obviously we are um, a church that believes in the Bible, and the Bible specifically speaks in differences of roles between men and women. And we're not here to change that. However, we want to see God use women to be everything that God has empowered and called them to do. And so we believe that God wants to do great things in and through women at Sandals Church. And so we want to encourage you to participate in that. Uh, so ladies, don't be intimidated. You know, your gender is not an issue here at this church. We want to see God use you in a powerful way. So if you have the gift of leadership and you are a woman, please apply. We we want to invest in you and pour into you. And, um, and I think that women today need to see strong, powerful women in the church, as do guys, men 
desperately need mm-hmm. to see that mm-hmm. um, in, in, our, in our culture because men have just fallen off the precipice of leadership mm-hmm. and uh, we need to help raise them back up. So. Amen. Absolutely. So Tim, will you kind of talk to some of your experience in Rogo School? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm really excited to be able to share with us. I think Rogo was, and, and I don't exaggerate in saying this, the single most transformative process and then ultimately the, the greatest um, help to me, both in following Jesus and in stepping into what I think God has called me to uh, spend my life doing. And there are really two things I think that it, that it helped me to do. One, and, and for those of you that are working professionals, maybe you're on into your career a little bit, but you're sensing that God may be calling you to ministry and you're finding yourself constantly trying to make the work that you do allow you to have time to do ministry kind of on the side. There's, there's, Rogo really may be the better way to just get directly to what God has called you to do. So instead of spending time trying to make the work you're doing right now, uh, allow you freedom and flexibility to do ministry over here, maybe just moving straight toward it by pursuing Rogo mm-hmm. uh, would be the right step. And so for me, that's really what it was. I was finding myself really frustrated and struggling with two big things. One, just the the uh, character to move into ministry. And then number two, the skill set and the avenue to get there. Mm-hmm. And so um, Rogo really provided the environment that I needed to be able to move toward Jesus and to really shore up the things in my character that were lacking the real deficits. And you've talked about Pastor Matt, the gaps right. that we need to be mindful of. I, I was I was not mindful of them and I was mm-hmm. not working on closing them. Mm-hmm. And so it provided an environment for me and environment's really important for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think wherever we find ourselves, it's not the only thing that makes following Jesus uh, more possible, but it is certainly an important thing that we need. And, and Rogo just really provided the environment and the accountability and the process of, of writing down every single day what was happening in my heart and having people read and give feedback to that was hard. It was oh, really yeah. hard. First in a discipline standpoint, just to do it every day. So it brought up things in me that weren't already there. And then secondarily, have people you know, speak into that and really challenge me. Um, so again, just as a working professional, if you're out there thinking mm-hmm. God is calling me to ministry, I'm trying to make it work and do it kind of on the side. Mm-hmm. Maybe Rogo School is a path for you to discern, is this where God's calling me to be? Yeah. Can I pursue it now and make a direct path toward that? And then is this the environment that I need to step into ultimately to grow in my character and following Jesus more mm-hmm. faithfully so that other people right. can be led to that as well? Oh, right, and, and just so you guys know, you know, there's a huge gap culturally with integrity. Um, you know, the news has come out with, uh, you know, the Russian collusion thing. And, and based upon the evidence, I see both Hillary and the Trump campaign did things that they shouldn't have done. They, sh- they, they were involved in things that they should not have been doing. And that comes down to an issue of integrity. It's who, it's who am I as a person, as opposed to what do I have to do to win? Mm. And as Christians, God cares first about the content of our character. And that is more important than our career. And so what Rogo School is going to force you to do is to look at your character and address those gaps. Now, not everybody's gonna make it, um, but we, we, we want leaders who have integrity. We want leaders who do the right thing, not because somebody's watching them, but because they wanna do the right thing. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so we wanna speak that into your life. And so I just would encourage you, and uh, I've got to see God do amazing things uh, in Tim's life and in many, many other people's mm-hmm. lives. And so uh, Rogo School is the primary pool we look at for hiring at Sandals Church. So we look there first because we have an opportunity to get to know you and you have an opportunity to get to know us. And it's a great, great way to kind of uh, get to know each other before we make a, a financial decision. So it's a great, great place. But you don't have to just do it to be hired. You can do it just to serve as a volunteer at Sandals Church. And we welcome volunteers at the highest levels of ministry mm-hmm. at our church. We can't afford to pay everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, matter of fact, we're all called to serve. So right. 
Yeah, for sure. And especially too, if you are working professionally, maybe you're even further along in your career. We've really designed Rogo School so that you can continue in your career while you're in Rogo School, continue to learn these skills, learn these things while you're in that. So we're not just looking for, you know, people who are in college or out of college who have a bunch of free time. We've designed this too so that working professionals can be a part of Rogo School, get trained up so you can see what may be next for you. So I want to make sure that you know that that's not off the table if you are working full time. Yeah. And and by the way, we don't charge. For this, so so when you hear this, we're, we're not going to charge you tuition. We're not going to charge you money. This is our church's investment in the future of our church. So these are the, this is what one of the things that we do with our tithe dollars. You know, we collect those dollars and we pour them back into the church because we want to invest in our leaders because the church is healthier when we have healthy leaders. So. Mm. Amen. All right, so if you are interested in Rogo School and you want to learn more, we've got a website at rogo.school that will also include that link in the show notes for this episode. You can learn more. We've got a huge FAQ in there about all the questions you may have. It'll show you how to apply there. The application deadline was today. We've extended it through this Saturday. So if you want to be a part of Rogo School, now is the time to apply. We would love to get you in for our 2018 cohort. Mm. So, all right. Let's get into the spooky part, huh, guys? Yeah, if you have kids in the car, I just would encourage you to maybe listen to this at another time. We're going to be talking about a lot of scary stuff and stuff that little ears don't need to be hearing. Um, so just just t- take that time, use some discernment as a parent to pick another time to listen to what we're going to talk about because a lot of what we're going to talk about is very, very scary. And so just that was your warning. All right. Now it's on you. No, I'm no already face. scared. I, know. I, know. I was, I was like cl- trying to play it cool. And then now I feel yeah. like my mm. little ears need to not yeah. hear this as well. Yeah. Just mm. sh- in there. It could be, I know. Yeah. My stomach hurts. <laughs> All right. So we have gotten tons of questions in over the past few months about things like demons and spirits. And we've just been stockpiling them all for this episode. Yes, for so, Halloween. Halloween. So we're going to start off just with the topic of Halloween though. Megan and Vanessa both sent in really similar questions asking, should Christians avoid Halloween? Is it wrong for us to participate in all the events that come around with Halloween. Yeah. So, you know, <clears throat> specifically, I think the question is, is there any specific Bible verses about Halloween? And, and the answer is no, because Halloween is, is a later festival and holiday that comes, you know, years after scripture is solidified. And so what we have to do is we have to look at how did um, the ancient Jewish people and early Christians respond to holidays and things that were opposed to their upbringing. And so I think a great verse is found in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse nine, it says, when you enter the land of the Lord, your God is giving you, be very careful not to imitate the detestable customs of the nations living there. For example, never sacrifice your son or daughter as a burnt offering. That's good info. Okay. Uh, Great advice. You know, so that's one of the things that makes ancient, the ancient religion of Judaism different is the other ancient religions required the sacrifice of your child and Christianity and Judaism is focused on the sacrifice of God's child. It's very, Mm. very different. And do not let your people practice fortune telling or use sorcery or interpret omens or engage in witchcraft or cast spells or function as mediums or psychics or call forth the spirits of the dead. In the Bible, that's called necromancy. Uh, anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. It is because the other nations have done these detestable things that the Lord your God will drive them out ahead of you, but you must be blameless for the Lord your God. And so a lot of people have a hard time with God using the people of Israel to drive out through war the people who lived in the promised land. And what people don't understand is that land was dedicated um, to God. It's the holy land. It's where Adam and Eve were driven out of. And so now, you know, what was originally a a place to be holy and a place to worship and connect with God is now a place of just awful, awful, ugly things. And so what we need to do as Christians is I think we don't need to be paranoid or terrified of Halloween. 
I think Halloween can be a fun thing. I think that fantasy is an important part of a child's reality and you need to encourage them to engage in that. And God uses imagination to grow children and they should participate that and have fun in that. So fantasy is an important part of a child's reality. I think it's also fun just to to have fun, to dress up in costumes and to have a good time. However, as Christians, we've got to discern, you know, what, what is God calling me to do? I, ladies, there's no reason whatsoever ever for a Christian woman that you should dress up as a slut. There's no reason whatsoever. There's nothing biblical or honorable about, you know, guys seeing your breasts, your body, um, you know, which really is what I feel like every female costume now is. It's just literally oh, how slutty sure. can I be? And, and it doesn't matter if you're dressed up as a Disney princess or, you know, you're dressed up as just a total slut or whatever. And, and that's what's so sad is our culture you know, in, in just the era of Harvey Weinstein, we, we need to talk about both. We need to talk about perpetrators. We need to talk about men in power, but we also need to talk about dress. And so I, I look at it this way. Women are never responsible for what happens to them when a man in power, you know, uses their authority to sexually manipulate them. So this is the way I look at the argument. If somebody breaks into my house and I left the door open, that doesn't, that doesn't take away from the crime they committed. But what it means is it was stupid of me to leave my door unlocked. Ladies, learn to lock the doors. Dress in such a way that doesn't bring out the worst in people. Men, a lot of them are dirt bags and they're bad guys. So, so, so that's the first thing is I think that Halloween is a very, very sexualized event and you need to say, okay, I'm not gonna be a part of that. Now you mix in alcohol, right? And we're all smarter when we're drunk or a little buzzed. So you, so you, so you, you create an event that's highly sexualized now we're buzzed, and so we lower our threshold of behavior, of attitudes, of things. You know, uh, I mean, alcohol is a toxin that numbs nerves responses. So it, it makes you dumber, right? It makes you unable to think at your best. And so we put those two things together. It's a very, very dangerous thing. Then on the other side, there's the demonic. And so here's what I would say for you if you're a Christian. Look, the world thinks that it's just fantasy and it's just silly. The Bible says that stuff is real. And that's the difference. Mm. It's not, it's not a joke for us. It's real. So here's what's weird is, you know, as liberalism made its way into Christianity, the first thing that they did away with was the miracles of Jesus, the power of Jesus and demons and the devil. If you go to a liberal seminary, they will teach you the devil's not real. I'm here to tell you, Jesus thought he was real and that's good enough for me. Jesus thought demons were real. Jesus thought fallen angels were real. Jesus embraced this whole world that we cannot see. Paul says this in Ephesians 6, 12. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood. People are not our enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. What does that mean? It's the world that you can't see. There are things that we do not understand about creation. Look, we don't even understand our own ocean. Like we, 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 we feel like, <laughs> we feel like we, we're, we've so arrived in the modern world. They, they got new species, you know, dying and coming up on shores every single, you know, year. And they're like, what is this? We never knew this existed before. Yeah, because we don't even know our own oceans, right? There's a jetliner somewhere in the Indian Ocean we can't find. It's gone, not the Indian Oceans. What? Oh. Between Australia and Africa. Ugh, my brain, my geography. I just failed. The Atlantic? No. no. That's no. between. It's the Indian Ocean. Yeah, yeah you're Indians, right. right. I was right. I was you're correct. Right. Man. Yeah, yeah see, yeah. we're just checking. <laughs> yeah. We so, totally knew. You know, they can't find it. And they've been looking for it for like three years. It's a big piece of metal at the bottom and they can't find it. So, and it, you know, so we, we don't know anything. So there's an unseen world against mighty powers of this dark world. So there's things that we can't see. There's things in this world that we experience, but we can't see. And against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Man, what does that mean? We don't know. 
we, we just need to understand, man, there are, there are spiritual motivations that we can't understand. Like that guy in Vegas, I believe that he was possessed. He was possessed by an evil spirit. There, like they said, there's no reason whatsoever for this. Okay, the guy gave himself over to evil forces and darkness. And, and evil doesn't just use religion. Sometimes it just uses people. Hmm. So, um, and just understand that this stuff is real. I have experienced it. I have seen it. It's very, very real. So be very, very careful what you're a part of. As a Christian, God has placed, and I think that's our last question we're gonna get into. He's placed your whole, his Holy Spirit in you and it's an alarm system. And, and your alarm should go off. And, and you need to be careful what you're participating. We were talking just about some of these movies, you know, Hollywood is fascinated with demon possession and darkness. Look, that stuff's real. And that stuff destroys people's lives. And so we, we need to be very, very careful of what we participate in and what we engage in. And uh, so don't go see a psychic. Don't, you know, don't, don't go uh, talk to a dead relative. Don't do those things because you are stepping into the unseen world. And when you do that, you're blind. And you don't know what's happening. And you got to be very, very careful because you don't know what you're going to invite into your life. Mm. So be very, very careful. If you're fascinated by darkness and dark things, that's a bad thing. Mm. And so I think there's, there's two types of Christians. One, we completely ignore it and pretend this is not real. Others, we dive into this and we get all into this. What are demons? What are dark angels? And we become fascinated with it and we go off the deep end there. Uh, for some Christians, it's never the devil. And for others, it's always the devil. And what we want to do at Sandals Church is we want to be right in the middle. And we want to say this stuff is real, but sometimes it's just your stupidity. Sometimes it was your own sinfulness. And so we need to be really, really careful that we don't blame everything on the devil, uh, that we take responsibility and that we don't on the other side say, oh, that's just a bunch of hocus pocus and it's not real. Mm-hmm. So we, we, need to, we need to be cautiously aware that this stuff is real and this happens. And um, so just be very, very careful and um, you know, let your Christian faith invite the Holy Spirit to just speak to you. Should I participate in this? Should I be a part of this? Is this good for me or not good for me? And I would try to use that. Um, and again, I think um, it's a great opportunity for you to throw the party, for you to dictate you know, what's happening mm. and what's going on in your house rather than participating, invite people over and you don't have to make it all demonic and, and terrifying. Mm. And you, know, you don't have to do those things but you can engage in some fun. And, you know, I think that's one of the sad things. A lot of times that the world doesn't see that Christians can actually have fun. You know, I carved a pumpkin last night. I'm going to post it on my Instagram today because oh. it's really oh. awesome. What did you carve? Yeah, what'd you make? Uh, just a scary face. Yeah. So. <laughs> just a, just an ambiguous scary face. Yeah, he's kind of smiling. You'll see it. I'll, oh, like, I'll post a, it. like a little playful ghost. Yeah. Like a little yeah, man. Yeah, like yeah. maybe I'm up to no good. I don't <laughs> know. Yeah. So I, I enjoy doing that, you know, but we're not going to worship the devil tonight. We're not going to open up the Amen. Ouija board. We're not, we're not going to do that. No, leave so, that, leave the Ouija boards in the closet. And just so you know, people who follow Satan do worship, you know, today they do. Mm-hmm. This is a big day for them. It's like mm. their Easter, you know? So just be aware of that. That's yeah. scary. Yeah. Well, Alexis writes in with another question about how much we participate in Halloween. So she says with Halloween approaching, I guess it could be, Alexis could be a man. Well, we'll just say it's a girl. Uh, with Halloween <laughs> approaching, a conversation recently came up in a group of young girls I'm leading. Okay, probably a, a woman. Yep, we're gonna, Alexis, thank you for leading yeah. the women as a woman. Uh, they asked whether or not watching scary movies and participating in haunted houses is inviting evil in. I personally avoid these things that they make me feel very heavy and unsettled, but I love a biblical reference. Yeah, so I'm gonna give you two. Let me say, I, I think that some of us enjoy being scared. Like I love being scared. I love scaring people. Uh, I hung out this weekend with one of my childhood friends, Roger. We've been friends since 
since the third grade. When Roger got his first job, he worked at Carl's Jr. And between our housing track and Carl's Jr. was an old walnut tree grove. Oh boy. Yes. So <laughs> just hundred year old trees with tall weeds Terrifying. and a single path that ran yeah. from Carl's Jr. to our house. <laughs> and so he was 16 years old and he would get off at midnight. And so I would go and hide in the field and wait for him. (laughs) And I loved this. I loved terrifying him. And I would watch him come running through this field because he's a kid. And uh, I remember one time I thought, well, if I'm out here in the field trying to scare somebody, what if somebody else is out there? And I freaked myself out. But I used to love terrifying Roger. And uh, it's one of the greatest joys of my heart. (laughs) But I I wasn't being demonic. I, I was just trying to be scary. And I think that some of that's fun. Mm. What we don't need to do is engage in things that are demonic and we don't need to participate in that. And, um, you know, just be very, very careful. You know, a Ouija board is just a game until it's not. Mm. So be careful and just understand that there, you know, just like we can summon God through prayer, there seems to be consistently ways to summon evil spirits. Mm. And so we need to be aware of that. And some of these things that like, again, so what did modern liberalism do? It said, it's all a joke. And the next thing you know, it's a board game. Be very, very careful who you're talking to. Um, you know, watch that. Hebrews 13, 18 says this, pray for us. Our conscience is clear and we want to live honorably in everything we do. And that's what I'd encourage you is, is, is this honorable? Should I be a, a, a participant in this? Should I be here? Is this glorifying to God? You know, God is not against you having fun. God is not against you having a good time. Is Are you engaging in darkness? And that's the thing is, you know, I, I have actually felt this way recently about um, some of the staff that we've hired, you know, um, where we, I've had to have conversations where I'm like, you just seem to be drawn to darkness. Hmm. Why do you want to work at a church? Why do you want to be a, wh- wh- why are you here? Hmm. If you are drawn to darkness, you're probably not drawn to Jesus. Hmm. That's a problem. And you need to look at yourself. If you feel comfortable amongst dark things, fall on your knees and repent. And uh, I mean, I had to have this conversation with a relative of mine about five years ago Mm. who was into all of these dark things, loved demonic movies. I said, you are comfortable in darkness. That's not good. You know, C.S. Lewis says the gates of hell are locked from the inside. Some people love darkness. Mm. Uh, John 3.16 says that, that, that the people love darkness rather than light, which is why they rejected Jesus. So we have to watch, what are we drawn to? So make sure that what you're participating in is something good, right, and true. You know, Philippians says, whatever is good, right, and true, focus on these things, give your attention to those things. So I think it's okay to dress up. It's okay to have fun. It's okay to have a good time. You don't need to invite evil. If you need to invite evil to have a good time, that says something about your soul. Mm. It says something about your eternal state. And so who you are in Christ needs to reflect how, you participate in a holiday like Halloween that can be fun, can be fun. Just like Christmas, I think, you know, has some pagan roots to it in terms of uh, celebrating it. I don't participate in those things. I don't, you know, I, I I don't do those things. And so I celebrate the birth of Jesus and it's a beautiful, wonderful holiday. Some Christians freak out and it's a pagan holiday. And look, it doesn't matter what it's always been. What it matters is what do you make it? What are you making it? What are you doing with it? And so, um, you know, as a family, we've made Christmas not about Santa Claus, it's about Jesus. So all the ornaments on our tree are about Jesus, angels, the birth of Christ. Everything about Christmas in our family is centered around Jesus, not a fat white dude in a red suit. So, you know, but I'm not saying that's evil if you participate in that. Um, You know, we made a decision as a family to celebrate Christ. And I want our kids to know that Christmas is about Jesus. And it's really, really hard when it's all about presents. So. Mm -hmm. 
make sure that you're, you're focused on that. So, we, you know, again, people always want to go into what things were in the ancient world. And it's like, what is it now? Mm-hmm. What is it now? What does it mean to you? Um, because some people go to church on Easter because it used to mean, used to be about the resurrection of Christ and now it's not. So mm-hmm. what is it for you? What is the holiday? So the next verse is, uh, you must be careful that your freedom does not cause others with a weaker conscience to stumble. Be careful who you're around. Are, are they new believers? There's some things that you can do around me that aren't gonna cause me to stumble that might cause someone else to stumble. And this is important. Like if you're in community group, don't have alcohol at your community group if you have alcoholics in your group. I, I, I won't eat a piece of cake in front of a diabetic. I won't do that. Why would I do that? They're fighting for their life and I'm gonna sit here in my freedom enjoying you know cake and cookies and you know torturing them. Mm. I'm not gonna do that. And so some things cause people to stumble. And again, people in our church are coming out of various backgrounds. And I learned this a long time ago. There are things, um, you know, and Tim, you and I have talked about your background, some of mm-hmm. your struggles. There are some things that I'm going to be able to do in my freedom that you're not going to be able to do. So if we're together, I'm not going to cause you to be tempted because in that instance, you're the weaker brother. And so I've constantly got to remember my faith is not just about me. It's not just personal, it's purposeful. And we talked about that in the sermon. So I've got to be thinking about others and I don't want to tempt them in any way. I, I want to make sure that I'm uplifting them. And some people are going to go astray, you know, by engaging in those things, especially if they have a history in the occult, if they have a history in witchcraft, if, if that's where they're coming from. And you guys got to know some people come from that. Some people have been tortured. Mm. Some people have been, you know, uh, molested at, at these occult practices. And I've sat down in counseling and cried with people that have been through this. Mm. The occult is a real thing. Darkness is a real thing. And so you need to make sure that everybody in your group is okay with that. And they need to have the freedom to say, you know what, guys, you know, when I was a kid, something, this happened to me. And, mm. and as a group, you know, don't participate in something that's going to cause somebody to tumble, stumble or backslide or have nightmares or be terrified and, uh, and, and you just got to watch that. And so like uh, one of the big mistakes I made when I was a, a young parent was, is I had my kids watch Lord of the Rings and Gollum freaked my daughters <laughs> out. It didn't freak me out because I was an adult. Mm-hmm. What I should have done was I should have had the common sense to know that my kids don't need to see that mm. because it stumbled them and it caused them a great deal of grief and they had nightmares and they were terrified. And if I could go back, I'd smack myself and say, what are you doing? They're the weaker ones. They're your children. And they need you not to watch the movie you want to watch, but you need to watch something that's okay for them. And, uh, and I, I love C.S. Lewis. You know, I love J.R.L. Tolkien. I love The Lord of the Rings. Um, you know, it's fantasy, but it's also you know, a fantasy about the struggle between darkness and evil, but it messed my daughters up. And so when my son came along, I was like, okay, we're, we're not doing that again because it really, really freaked them out. So mm. So make sure that you do that. And just remember, not everybody's gonna be the same. We all have different strengths. We all have different weaknesses. And so for some of you, this is ridiculous. But what's ridiculous is when you only think about yourself. Mm. So make sure that you're thinking about people around you and you're checking in. And we're talking about Rogos. Leaders care about others. Mm. That's what leaders do. Leaders make sure that everybody's okay. And that's one of the ways that you know when you're not a leader. If you never think about everybody else, you're not a leader. Leaders are shepherds. And what do shepherds care for? The sheep. And not all the sheep are, are as strong. Not all of them are as sure. And Jesus, the good shepherd, right, goes after the one lost sheep. And so we gotta make sure that they're okay. And so in your small group, you gotta make sure that everybody's okay and nobody feels shamed by saying, you know, this really makes me uncomfortable. Mm. Um, so 
Yeah. Well, I even love how Alexis kind of said, she's like, I personally avoid these because this is how they make me feel. And so right. even talking about people like, Hey, sorry, I avoid these things. You know, you do what you want to do, but they make me feel this way because it's what I've experienced. I think it'd be an awesome opportunity to share with people like a little bit about your faith. Like, Oh, these make me uncomfortable because I think that this stuff is real and I want to choose what's good. Right. So. And more so than that, Jesus thought it was real. I mean, I, I would take it straight to the gospel. One of the first things that Jesus does is he confronts demons who happen to inhabit people. Hmm. I mean, th that's real. Demon possession is real. And some people think it's a joke. Jesus thought it was real. Hmm. And um, that's, that's, a good, that's a good place to start. And I would just say this. That's why I say I wanted to use the verse, keep your conscience clear. If you, if you are feeling uncomfortable with hmm. something you're doing, that's the Holy Spirit saying, no, hmm. no, pull back, don't do it. Don't engage, don't participate. That is God's spirit in you. A couple of months ago, I almost got hit by a car because somebody ran a red light. Right before I stepped into the intersection, I heard the Holy Spirit say, stop. And that woman never saw me because she was staring at her phone, blew right through an intersection. You've got to learn to listen to the Holy Spirit. We're gonna get into that in the, the, the uh, debrief today, but you've got to learn to listen to God's voice because his spirit is whispering and speaking to you, guiding you. This is not for you. This is not for you. I remember one of the first demonic parties I went to was a high school party. You know, people were getting drunk, smoking pot, and they were playing the Ouija board. And I went in, and as soon as I went in, I knew I shouldn't have been there, but I didn't have the courage and the strength to leave because I wanted to be cool. And um, so a couple of friends were playing the Ouija board, and they they there's probably 50 kids at this party. And a couple of the kids said, kept saying, Matt, it keeps spelling your name. It keeps spelling your name. And I thought they were just messing with me. And then one of uh, my female friends, a girlfriend, not like a girlfriend, but a female high school friend, she was playing the game and she was in tears. And I asked her later, I said, what was the matter? And she said, I swear to you, Matt, I wasn't moving it and it was spelling your name. And I think I have always been the target of God and I've always been the target of the enemy because when, when, the, when the Lord puts a call in your life, you know, uh, Satan puts a hit on your life and, and that's the reality. Mm. And so... Um, I'll never forget that. And I should have left. And I knew the second that I walked in, I shouldn't have been there. And it's just a bunch of kids having fun, playing a game. But man, I'll never forget. I was in algebra the next day at school and that girl was in tears. And she said, man, I swear to you, I swear to you, it scared me to death. Mm. And, um, and she wasn't a Christian mm. and, and I, should, I should have left. So a non-Christian had more discernment about that than I did at, the po at that point in time. Mm. So, because I was trying to be friends with the world and not a follower of Jesus. And that's a tough road to walk. Mm -hmm. So- all right, so Taylor sent in a question and asked specifically, is there any biblical evidence that would support the idea that a genuinely born-again Christian could still be filled with one or more evil spirits or demons? Right, great question. So, um, you know, you're probably gonna wanna listen to this section a couple of times. I'm gonna talk about what demons and evil spirits do. Mm. Um, so the first thing they do is they're engaged in a misinformation campaign. So Satan is the father of lies. Jesus is the truth. So, so demons are constantly giving misinformation. This is why you don't talk to dead relatives. This is why you don't engage in those things because you are getting fake news. That's what you're getting from the other side. So there's misinformation, there's demonization, and there's possession. So we'll talk about those three things. So misinformation, what, what does the devil do? Number one, he blinds us to the truth. Some of you who are Christians, you're like, I don't get it. I, I don't get how people don't believe. Well, here's why. Um, if the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news, and they don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. 
So one of the things that Satan is doing in this world as temporarily the God or the, the Lord of this world is he is blinding those. Um, he doesn't want to lose anyone. He doesn't want you to see the light. He doesn't want you to go to the other side. He wants you to remain dead and condemned as he is dead and condemned. And, and just understand this, Satan cannot defeat God in an all out war. The only way Satan can hurt God is by stealing you. Mm. You are the weapon that Satan uses against God. So just know that. So Satan blinds um, non-believers. Next, I believe Satan can influence uh, non-believers. It says, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God for many false prophets have gone out into the world. So that's a letter to the church. So even in the church, we have to discern spirits. Uh, man, when you read in the Bible, sometimes God allows false his prophets to, to have a false spirit or a lying spirit and they give bad information. So you gotta be really, really careful, uh, especially if people who are running around saying, God said, God said, God said, always be very, very careful of those people who are running around like they're literally the Twitter for Jesus. <laughs> you know, well, this is what God said. This is what God said. Because usually they're wrong. And you need to look at their life. You need to look at how is God using them? You know, do they have a real platform? Is something really happening in them? Is God really using them? So you gotta be careful. You gotta test every spirit because oftentimes um, we will be hearing an evil spirit. And I remember I had a conversation with a young leader in our church. Um, she led in our college department. She told me that the spirit of God told her that homosexuality was okay. It was okay. We were sitting in a meeting and I said, okay, I said, I believe you that you've heard from a spirit. I believe that. I believe that you've heard from a powerful spirit. But then I tried to, to find the Bible verse where the Bible speaks against homosexual practice. Okay, if you're homosexual, God loves you, but God does not want you to engage in homosexual sex. If you are a Christian, that is not for you. So you need to decide as a gay person, am I gonna follow Jesus or my desires? That's a whole nother conversation. And as I'm trying to find this verse in 1 Thessalonians, I cannot find it. I cannot find a verse in the Bible. I, there was a spirit of confusion in the room. Mm. Mm. And it was a demonic, powerful force. And I was being mind manipulated in this room because I could not find this. It was so bad. I mean, it was like something out of Harry Potter where I literally am, am stumbling. I'm not clear. What, and I just said, I just, I said, I cannot find the verse. I said, but I'm gonna tell you, you have to ask yourself, that spirit that spoke to you is different from the spirit who wrote these words. So God, right, God is not confused. God is not a God of confusion, but we're confused. And right now you're being, you're being given misinformation and it's screwing with my mind. It creeped me out. It's the last meeting I ever had with that person, one-on-one. -on -one, wow. Because there was a demonic influence on our life. And, and let me just say this, for many of us who struggle uh, with sex, oftentimes, I believe that there's a spirit of sex, demonic sex that, that impacts us, that afflicts us, that affects us. And this is why people will engage in behaviors that they know are self-destructive because mm -hmm. that's what the devil does. The devil wants to encourage destruction, mm -hmm. right? So Jesus said, I've come that you may have life. The devil came to steal, destroy, and kill. Mm -hmm. So that's why people don't care. They don't care. I'm going to engage in non-safe sex because I'm being driven and that's what the devil wants to do is harm us and hurt us. So you got to test the spirit. So I think that there's the misinformation campaign. So there's the general blindness of non-believers and then there's influence. We can all be influenced. God doesn't really care. And so one of the, one of the ways that the devil attacks us is he attacks God's character. What does he say to, to Eve in the garden? Even did God really say? Mm. He gets her to question the goodness of God. 
And that's what happens. People start questioning the goodness of God, right? And that's what people say. Why would God make me this way if he didn't want me to act on this? Mm. You're questioning the goodness of God. And what that allows you to do when you question the goodness of God, you participate in the evil of sin. That's, th- that direction goes two ways. So next, then there's affliction. So this is the difference. She said, can, can a Christian be possessed? I believe the answer is no, but a Christian can be demonized. And so what's the difference? Possession is the devil in you. Demonization is the devil around you. And that's the difference. So once you have the Holy Spirit in your life, you cannot be possessed because you're possessed by God. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. And Jesus says that a house divided cannot stand. So the the Holy Spirit is not going to dwell with a demonic spirit. The Holy Spirit is more powerful. The Holy Spirit is the power of God. When you become a Christian, you repent of your sins and you place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit comes to dwell inside you. You are now the temple of God. Mm. You are. So so what is demonic uh, demonization? I believe it's affliction. Paul says he has this in 2 Corinthians 12, 7. He says, even though I've received such wonderful revelations from God uh, to keep me from becoming so proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, affliction a messenger from Satan to torment me and to keep me from becoming too proud. Hmm. That's Paul. That's in the Bible. Paul says, Hmm. God sent me a demon to torment me, to keep me humble because I've received so many good things. God wants to make sure that I, and Paul says, I asked God three times to take this away. Hmm. And God said, no, my power is made perfect in your weakness. And ultimately Paul submits to that. And so with demonization with affliction, there are physical manifestations. And so a lot of people that go to the doctor and there's no rhyme or reason as to why they're sick, oftentimes that's a demonic attack. And that's why, you know, um, James 5, 16 and 17 says, if any, any among you are sick, let him present himself to the elders and repent of your sins and right, confess your sins one to another so that you may be whole and healed. And so a lot of times we always assume that what they're talking about there is physical disease, but oftentimes it is literally affliction from the devil. Mm-hmm. And so that that's what we need to speak for and that's what we need to pray for. So when you can't figure out what's going on, when you can't figure out what's wrong, when there's no medical explanation for what's happening in your life, that's when I would turn to the church and say, okay, th- there's something spiritual here. And so remember, as human beings, we're emotional, we're physical, and we're spiritual. So we need to go to the doctor. We don't need to go to the church when you have strep throat. Please don't. Go to the doctor, get your medication. But uh, if there's emotional healing, go to a psychiatrist. If there's a spiritual issue, come to the church. Mm. And that's where we can help heal that issue. So um, there's an affliction. I went through this uh, in my own life. I went through, um, I I thought I had in my late 30s, mid to late 30s, I thought I had rheumatoid arthritis. Every test negative. I was depressed. I was saddened. I I couldn't do anything. Um, And ultimately, I read a book by... um, a professor from Fuller Seminary, uh, Dr. Charles Kraft, called Defeating Dark Angels. I got three chapters in that book and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm under attack. And I don't know why I never thought about it. Here I am pastoring a growing church. Mm-hmm. We were being attacked interpersonally. Our staff was a disaster. Nobody liked each other. Um, you know, there was there, sin in sandals was rampant because we were a young church. We were a naive church and right? What do lions attack? The young, and that's who we were. And so we were just being attacked everywhere. And so I, I just couldn't believe that I never thought that I was under attack. Mm-hmm. And so I went to um, uh, Dr. Charles Kraft in um, uh, Pasadena. He teaches at Fuller Theological Seminary. I'll never forget it. We're sitting there. And in the middle of our talk, he said, I rebuke the demon of, um, oh, what was it? Is it deception? Yes, thank Sorry. you. 
the demon of deception. He said, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. And when he did that, I like had a dry heave. I like vomited, but nothing came out. I, I'm telling you, as God is my witness, it was one of the freakiest things ever. Mm. And he said, you have been under attack. He said, your whole church is under attack. And this is what he said to me. He said, if you want sandals to heal, God has to heal you first because you are the shepherd of that flock. Mm. And he said, he said, if sandals is gonna be strong, you have to be strong. And he just prayed over me, man. And I cried. I told you this. Mm-hmm. I went to In-N-Out Burger, sat in the parking lot and cried for three hours. Three hours. I was wrecked. But man, I was under attack. I was under spiritual attack. And it was literally the demon of deception. The, and who is the devil? He is the liar. That's who he is. And he was lying to me. And, um, and from that moment, I started to get healthy. Mm-hmm. I started to get healthy. Now, let me say this. Some things are physical. Not everything is spiritual. Mm-hmm. And so that's the problem. Some Christians want to make everything spiritual mm-hmm. and Kaiser and your hospital, they want to make everything physical. We, we got a sense, right? We got a sense and figure out what is it. And I'm just telling you, I went to Kaiser Permanente over and over and again. I saw rheumatoid arthritis, rheumatoid, um, oh gosh, what are they called? I can't remember what, what they're called. They're, they specialize in RA, but they tell me you don't have it. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, I do. Something's wrong with mm-hmm. me. And I was mm-hmm. almost crippled from this affliction. And in one prayer, that thing was gone. Hmm. And um, man, it was crazy. What are some good ways to maybe even tell like, oh, this maybe isn't just physical. Like what are some good, like at least markers to know which path to start walking down? Yeah, so what I would do is go to the doctor first, right? Always go to the doctor first, you know, run through those tests. We are physical beings. We live in a Mm -hmm. fallen world. Disease is real. Infection is real. Go that route. Uh, if that doesn't work, I think then you need to you need to seek out a head doctor, a psychiatrist. I think that's important. You got to work through your feelings um, because one of the things that Jesus wants to do is He wants to heal us from a hurt, mm-hmm. and uh, we don't go to through a doctor. That we go to counseling, we go to small group, we go to community group. We have friends that bring healing in our lives. All of us have been broken by the world. That's the reality, and we have hurts, and we need to work through those things. Mm-hmm. Sometimes and rarely, there's a spiritual reason. And we need to go there and we need to deal with that. And, um, you know, you just, you just don't, don't always think it's a ghost, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, one of my favorite shows when I was a kid was Scooby-Doo and it's like almost never a ghost. It's always somebody, those right. meddling kids, you know? <laughs> and, and, and that's what it is, man. It's not usually the devil. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it is. And so we just need to deal, deal with the psychological aspects. And then also, what are you pouring in your brain? You know, if you're into all these movies in darkness, get rid of that crap. Yeah. That's what it is. Just quit watching that stuff. Um, get that out of your life. Get healthy. You know, uh, exercise, eat right. Like those things affect you. Um, you know, I, I mean, American society is obese. That, that affects your body. We were not made to sit all day long. We were made to exercise. We were made to move. We were made to work. And we need to do that. And so, you know, deal with the physical aspects, get healthy, eat right. And then if those things don't work, then come seek out soul care. And, um, you know, we can talk about those things. Mm-hmm. So next one is possession. Uh, this is for people who are not born again Christians, but not only can the devil attack you, but the devil can actually um, come inside you. Mm-hmm. And this is this is one of those things. And the specific... Uh, time that this happens in scripture where it's very, very clear where we actually get to uh, hear about the possession taking place is when Judas is participating in the mm-hmm. last supper with Jesus Christ. And Jesus actually, think about this, in the act of the Lord's supper where he dips the bread into the wine, he takes the hand of Judas and they do it together. And he says this, 
when Jesus has eaten the bread. So after a religious ceremony, think about that. Mm. Satan entered into him. And then Jesus told him, hurry and do what you're going to do. Mm. In that moment, man, the the scripture is very, very clear. Satan entered Judas Mm. and Jesus called it. And, um, you know, and what's so sad about that is, is I believe Jesus has a choice, but he allows it. Mm. And, um, you know, um, just like God is asking for permission to take control of your life, I believe the devil has to ask for the same thing. Mm. And Judas gives him that in his life. And, um, you know, and, and just know this, every time Jesus kicks a demon out, they leave every single time. And um, so greater is he that is in you than is in the world. So we don't need to be afraid about this. We don't need to worry about this. Um, if you are a born again Christian and the Holy Spirit resides in you, you may be afflicted, but you can never be possessed. That cannot happen and that will not happen. And, um, you know, I believe even Jesus was afflicted. That's what the temptations are. Satan is afflicting him. He's tempting him. And what does the Bible say? Once Jesus rebuked the devil, it says, it didn't say the devil left him forever. It said the devil left him and waited for a more opportune Mm -hmm. time. Mm. So, um, we all have to be careful. We all have to watch this and just know as your pastor, I became unaware of this stuff and I allowed myself to be afflicted um, because I gave the devil some permission in my life. And I believe that the devil's route um, into my life was through sexual sin in college and through anger. Mm-hmm. I think those are the two ways in which Paul says is do not let the sun go down on your anger, lest you give the devil a foothold and the devil, or excuse me, anger is permission. Mm-hmm. You know, just go unlock your door and put a sign that says, come on in you've got to deal with your anger, your rage and your bitterness, or otherwise you're giving the devil permission in your life. Mm. So just know that. Yeah, so much good there. I want to keep talking about, but we have more questions. And Melissa writes in actually uh, on the topic of demons, do demons ever die or will they always exist? And then let's follow up to that. Where do they come from? What, where, do, where do demons come from? Yeah. So this is from Melissa. Melissa. Yeah. yeah. So Melissa, thank you for this hand grenade that you've just tossed me. <laughs> um, <laughs> So here's the problem is uh, we, we don't know where they come from. And so um, it just simply says that they exist. Um, and so, so because the Bible is not specifically clear, a lot of people um, dive into this issue. Remember I said, there's two groups of people, one who says they don't exist and one who are like fascinated by them and mm-hmm. want to know everything about them. And um, so let me just start off by reading 1 Timothy 4.1. It says, now the spirit expressly says that in latter times, that's where we are, Some will depart by the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and the teachings of demons. So towards the end, there's going to be a fascination with demons, a fascination with darkness. And and that's what we're seeing. We're in the last days. Uh, Jesus Christ could return at any moment. And I pray that you're ready for that. And the only way that you're ready for that is if you've repented of your sins and placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. So we, we don't know a lot of what this is. Um, so here's the challenge. Here's the interpretive challenge. So some people say, um, that, well, they're just fallen angels. Well, the problem with that is Second Peter 2, 4 says that God did not spare even the angels who sinned for he threw them into hell in gloomy pits of darkness where they're being held until the day of judgment. So that's the problem. So if they're fallen angels, mm-hmm. Peter says those angels who sinned against God are in prison. So what the heck are demons? Mm-hmm. So we don't know. So here's where it's gonna get a little creepy and it's gonna get a little freaky. Um, we rediscovered a book called the book of Enoch about 150 years ago, and it was found in Ethiopia. And it was known 
We know that it was known um, by Jesus, by the early apostles. It's quoted, mm-hmm. but it, it's kind of lost. And so um, uh, Jude talks about Enoch, the book of Enoch, and, and actually says uh, in Jude, I think it's 114, that, that Jude prophesied. And people say, excuse me, Enoch prophesied. And so Enoch is this guy that only appears a couple times in scripture, but there's this book devoted to Enoch. It's considered a third or fourth century work. So not written down by Enoch who lived literally thousands of years later, but it's this Jewish mystical book. Um, I haven't read the entire book. I'm actually in the process because of this uh, questions that we've been asked. I'm trying to read the whole book. So I'm about two thirds of the way through. It's a long book. It is a uh, it's a, it's like Revelation. It's like Daniel. It's like Ezekiel. So if you haven't read those books, they're not a one-time read. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's really, really difficult and you have to uh, understand um, what you're reading and you have to put that. So here's what Enoch says. Enoch says that demons are the creation of the Nephilim. So the Nephilim are found in Genesis chapter six where the sons of God uh, have sexual relations with the sons of man. So we don't know exactly what this means, but my understanding of this, and again, you don't have to believe this to be a Christian, that this is, like I said, this is a hand grenade that I'm opening and detonating on myself. <laughs> I think I think the Nephilim are angels. And so somehow angels came down to earth, had sex with man. And so that created uh, giants, the Bible says. Now, Goliath, we know that he comes from right. this- um, The line of the Nephilim. Yeah, the line of the Nephilim. And so it's, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's an aberration. It's an ugly thing. Um, they're tweaked. They're- um, what's the word? They're, uh, um, you know, they have multiple six fingers, and they have weird things about them. So they're like deformed. They're not deformed. I forget what the word is. The, the word that I'm looking for is um, they're mutants. Mm. So that's that's the word. So they're they're mutated. Um, so having said that, what Enoch seems to indicate is it's the offspring from this mutant race that created demons, which is why they're on Earth, which is why these individuals die or whatever happened, they're killed, they're slaughtered in the book of Enoch, but their spirits remain on earth. Mm. And they, that's why they seek bodies. So um, fallen angels, and again, I, you know, I'm just telling you what the book of Enoch says. I'm not telling you it's scripture. Uh, I'm just telling you it's freaky. Um, <laughs> Agreed. Yeah it's, yeah, it's super, super freaky. And, um, but Enoch just, just straight up says that that's where they came from. It's the product of, of the Nephilim. And so that there are these, these spirits that roam the earth that are awaiting the day of judgment because they are mutants of creation. They are an aberration. Uh, angels are supposed to be holy and separate um, and they commingled with humans. And it's just, it's just this ugly, horrible, terrible thing. And um, it's created this awful thing. And so I don't know whether there's a difference between demons and angels. All I know is this, is that everywhere fallen angels and demons are bad run from them, don't participate with them. And so make sure that you stay apart from that. And so we got to make sure that we don't become overly fascinated with this. Mm. Uh, we got to make sure that we, we become, you need to be fascinated with Jesus because mm-hmm. Jesus kicks demons butts. So hey. regardless of who they are, um, you know, Jesus wins. Mm. And so when he encounters demons, he always says, get out, get out. And so um, we know that the effects of demons uh, one of the effects in demons is demons, when they inhabit people, always cause them to hurt themselves. So in Mark chapter five, a lot of people don't realize this. And um, again, what I'm gonna say is is a little creepy and a little shocking and I don't wanna freak everybody out. But the first demon that Jesus encounters in Mark five, uh, the demon forces the person to cut themselves. And so I think that cutting 
is oftentimes the manifestation of demons mm. because you wanna hurt yourself. It's causing you to hurt yourself. And when you hurt yourself, you're hurting God because God loves you. And so there's just this, and so just read that in Mark 5. Um, and, and again, that's why I think psychology has such a hard time dealing with cutting because they're dealing with issues of the mind. And oftentimes it's issues of the spirit that needs mm. to be dealt with. And so anytime somebody feels like they need to hurt themselves, harm themselves, do damage to themselves, that is often the work of the enemy. Yeah. And so, cause it doesn't make sense to us. You know, we look at people, right? You have a beautiful, wonderful, amazing life. You're loved, you're cared for, you're talented. And they're speaking lies. Like I, I've mm-hmm. had beautiful women tell me in counseling, I'm ugly and I hate myself. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that is yeah. not the Lord speaking. Yeah. That is the devil. Mm-hmm. The devil thinks you're ugly, awful and terrible and that you should wound yourself. So um, that, that's, that's, not, that's not God, that's not Jesus. And so we need to understand that. Um, and we need to be able to carefully, cautiously, step into that. That's why I think it's important that you have a Christian counselor, Mm -hmm. somebody who understands the psychology and the uh, medical aspect, but who also has the appreciation for the spiritual. Mm -hmm. You need both. Mm. Um, So, uh, yeah. That's Uh, great. So then Sarah sent in a topic on more like spirits. And she says, if I think there's a spirit in my home, I usually tell myself it's my grandma or a past loved one and not to fear. But I've also been told that our loved ones are gone and can't this cannot be our family and it's something else. What's your take on spirits in our homes? Yeah, so who's this from? From Sarah. 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 Oh, wow, she's way down there. So did you skip Sandy? We did. Well, because Sandy's was mostly on the same thing, like can oh, demons okay. be destroyed? Sorry, guys, I had to take notes for this episode. So um, <laughs> It's been great. Yeah, yeah, so this is Sarah? Sarah, yeah. this yeah. is Sarah. Yeah, so the only verse I found Sarah in the Bible about that is Revelation 82. He gave a mighty shout, Babylon has fallen, the great city has fallen. She has become a home for demons. So that's the only verse that I, I found about that. So, but again, demons seem to relish shelter. They seem to be disembodied spirits. So they're they're looking for um, uh, a temple, uh, 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 not a temple, but a body. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like for example, when Jesus encounters them in Matthew twelve, uh, the demons when he kicks them, you know, out of the man, mm-hmm. uh, the naked guy who's hurting himself uh, in the uh, graveyard, they ask to be thrown into pigs. Mm-hmm. And so, which is, is, is important there because for the Jew, pigs are unclean and mm-hmm. the devils don't care. They will, they will inhabit the bodies of unclean animals. And so when Jesus throws them into the pigs, right? They, they don't wanna be disembodied. That, that seems to freak them out. They, they, they need to be covered. And so um, that's why. So they're, they're looking for some mm-hmm. habitat, some place home. Place to dwell. Yeah, yeah. some place mm-hmm. to dwell. So her question is, like if I think there's a spirit in my home, I'm assuming it's my grandma or yeah. it's a loved one. It is not your grandma. Yeah. She's not so there. just know, um, you know, people who lose loved ones, I would say most of the time, maybe, maybe not as, but often, let me say this. Oftentimes people have visions of their lost, their lost ones. We, a couple of years ago, we had a men's retreat and a guy died um, mm. actually right in front of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that night I went to sleep and I woke up in the middle of the night and, he, and I saw a vision of him standing in front of me. And so he, I mean, he died right in front of me and I, I don't know what to do with that vision, but I told him, I said, you need to leave, you need to go. And he left. So like he, in, in my vision, and again, I don't know if it, I was dreaming. I don't know if it was real. Um, he looked confused and lost. And I told him, you need to go, you need to go. And, and he left. So, and again, I don't know if that was real or not, but I had, I had it. Mm-hmm. And so I've heard people have those same encounters and those are the same experiences. So there's something to it. And again, we're talking about an unseen world. And so we, we interact with this unseen world, oftentimes through dreams, 
through visions. I mean, that, that, that's the way that it works. And so you just, have to, you just have to know as a Christian, there's, there's things that we don't get and we don't understand. Here's what the Bible specifically says. Do not speak to the dead. Do not do it. Because mm. you don't know who they are. You don't know what they are. And, um, you know, demons seem to know some things. They don't know everything, but they know some things. They prophesy. And we see this in the book of Acts. A woman filled with demons prophesied. She had special powers and special gifts. And when the apostles uh, exercise that demon, that is to kick it out, not to work her out, right? To kick, kick it out, mm-hmm. she loses the gift. And they're ticked because she had she knew some things, and so this is why sorcery, palm readers, all most of them are frauds and they're fakes and they're flipping cars. Every now and then, you might get a real one. What are you doing? Yeah. So it, you know, I, I would say this: it's not, it's not your grandma. I, I just don't believe that it is. It's something, and we and we don't know what it is. I mean, it happens all over the world in every mm. place. It's yeah. something, and there's some connection between the unseen world and our world where we bump. And we, we run into each other. And, you know, sometimes there's places where people are feeling that. I remember a couple of, I don't know, it was a year ago where we had the family in our church who thought mm-hmm. their house was possessed. I made Stephanie go with me. That's a great story. And yeah. Stephanie Other was duties like, as a sign there. Yeah, job. that's what happens when you're this, you know, because people, you know, a lot of people yeah. are afraid. And you're up now. Man, I'm like, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm totally different. If, if there's a demon in your house, I want to see it. <laughs> you know, I, I'm like, it yeah. just, it doesn't. I was only there because I was like obligated as yeah, part of my job. Yeah, she was being so, paid. Yeah. So I told Stephanie before we go in and she, cause Stephanie was kind of freaked out and we're going to go ready to go in this house. Naturally, and, and she's yeah. like, why aren't you worried? I'm like, cause I don't have to outrun the demon. I just have to outrun you. <laughs> so, and I said, I said, I'm an Iron Man. So, oh, yeah. okay. you know, wow. it's been good. So. <laughs> Such a protector. But no, we, what actually scared me is you're like, uh, also though, if something does happen, just get behind me. And then I'm like, oh, oh so no, he's, so, this so is he's real. serious yeah. about yeah. this. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. Cause I have had encounters, um, um, with demons and I, I've had an encounter with a demon possessed person at Sandals church that came to church and, uh, it was so bad. We had to call 911. Wow. So, because what, what I was saying and doing, uh, did not exercise a demon. It just ticked it off. Yeah. And so we, we had to call 911 and the police had to come get the young woman. So it was, you know, and in that instance, you know, again, that's why I'm not opposed to um, using medicine and using science and using psychiatry. And so I think demon possessed people are best dealt with when they're healthy, when they're medicated, when they're they're, they're more normalized, that's a better time to confront that, you know. Um, Jesus has powers that I don't have. He can can confront the demonic person who's having an episode. Mm. I... I'm gonna wait for you not to be having an episode to where we can talk and we can deal with yeah. it because I'm not Jesus. And so again, I don't pursue it. I don't run towards it. Um, you know, I don't wanna be Harry Potter. That's not no. my goal. That's not my life. No. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. So what was her question? I, it's I, That is not grandma. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gra- gra- grandma <laughs> is, line, grandma is in one of two places. She is, she is awaiting judgment in the presence of Abraham and God or she is awaiting judgment separated by a great chasm, Jesus says, a river, a border, a barrier, an impenetrable barrier uh, in, in like a prison awaiting cell. Right. So she's either in paradise awaiting judgment or she is in uh, prison awaiting judgment. There, there's two places that you wait and, and that's very, very clear. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and, and judgment is the great and glorious day of God where we all stand before God and everything that we do is judged and rewards for us as Christians are handed mm-hmm. out and punishment for those who are not saved is handed out. So, yeah, yeah it's just, there's a great theme that you've uh, kind of woven through all these questions of, of balance and discernment. 
that right. being the way that we approach these things. Even when you went to the house, right? It was, all right, I just have to outrun Steph. But seriously, if there's something, it's a <laughs> yeah. sense of I'm not going to be overly fascinated, mm-hmm. but then I'm not going to be overly naive and really push yeah. away this reality. So I love that you've really highlighted how we can go about discerning. And, and ultimately it's through what you've done. You've brought us to the word. Right. That's the way we discern. That's mm-hmm. the way we seek the balance of what is real and what is mm-hmm. not and how we can appropriately think about it. So last question from Steve. Uh, thanks to everybody for writing in these great questions mm-hmm. in this very spooky Halloween episode of The Debrief. It'll be a few years before we'll get to release another episode on Halloween. So true. glad we got to do it today. <laughs> so Steve writes in, in Luke twenty four thirty nine, Jesus says, look at my hands and feet so you can see that this is really me. Touch me and make sure that I am not a ghost because ghosts don't have bodies as you see that I do. What is Jesus referring to when he's talking about ghosts? I have read about angels having bodies. So is Jesus saying that there are lost souls roaming the earth? Right. So no, Jesus is using contemporary language and understanding. And so ghost was something that was contemporary. And so what he's saying there is, it's me. You know, I am I am not a ghost. I have a body. And, and the point and the emphasis there is Jesus did not rise in spirit. He rose physically. Hmm. A physical body was crucified on the cross. A physical body was laid in the tomb and a physical body walked out of that tomb. And that's what you need to understand. And Mm. so, um, you know, the crucifixion and resurrection is not a metaphor. It's right. right, It's not like pointing to a greater truth. It really (laughs) happened. Mm. Like a dead guy who was beaten, bludgeoned, like tortured. Right. He was stabbed in the chest with a spear. Yeah, he died. Died, he he was dead. A, a, A rotting corpse thrown into um, a mummified corpse. Right. So like if he wasn't dead on the cross, they wrap him up in, you know, all kinds of powders and spices you and then mummify. Yeah. And they stuff stuff in your mouth so nope. that you don't stink. Yep. All of that stuff, Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Why is that important? Because you too will rise from the dead. Mm. That is the teaching of scripture. On the great day of the Lord, everyone will rise. Mm. Some to everlasting paradise and others to everlasting judgment. And so, you know, we, we need to know that and we need to understand that. And, um, you know, we need to be aware of that. So, you know, ghosts, again, it's the unseen world. We, we don't know. We, ba- we barely understand Jesus, which is what the whole New Testament is revealing to us is who is Jesus. And instead of being fascinated with spirits and demons and angels and all of these things, you need to be fascinated and focused on Jesus, who's the author and perfecter of our faith. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the only way that people can be saved. And so what we really need to acknowledge is, look, the spiritual war is real. Um, There's a war. I'm gonna close with, do we have any questions on the Holy Spirit or we cut that one? We cut that one. Oh, that was so good. All right. So there was a war in heaven, Revelation 12, 7 to 17. We'll get to it there. And there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels were waging war with the dragon and the dragon and his angels waged war and they were not strong enough and there was no longer a place for them found in heaven. So the great dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old who's called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. He was thrown down to earth and his angels were thrown down with him. So again, they're, 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 this is a war and, and we don't understand it. Like we, we don't understand what's happening, but there's a fight that's going on mm. and it's not only on earth, but it's in the heavens. And Jesus, this is the thing you need to understand about Jesus is not only did Jesus make things right on earth, but he's gonna make things right in all of the heavens. Mm everywhere, all creation that is will bow to who Jesus Christ is. He didn't just restore humanity to relationship with God, but he restored all creation to Mm -hmm. relationship 
with God. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ is not just a global savior. He is a cosmic savior, mm -hmm. cosmic. That's who he is. He wow. is bigger than earth. We get, we're getting a little tiny picture. And so what did we get? We get the information that's relevant to us. What we don't get is the information that's not relevant to us. And so a lot of times people are clamoring and trying to find this. And that's why the book of Enoch is such a fascinating book is because it, it tries to fill in the blanks of um, some things that, you know, we don't know or we don't understand. And so, um, you know, again, you guys, greater is he that is in you that is in the world. Listen to the Holy Spirit. That's what I was hoping we could get to that question because the Holy Spirit's inside of us, but we can do things that stifle the Spirit's voice. I mean, there's a specific verse that says, don't stifle God's Spirit. Yeah. Don't grieve God's Spirit because you can choose to ignore, to block out, and to go your own way. I mean, that's the book of Hebrews says, people who've tasted of the Holy Spirit, experienced the Holy Spirit and walk away from that. Don't be that person. Mm. Um, we, we are involved in a spiritual war. It's real. It's not a physical war. It's a spiritual war. And our spiritual trust needs to be in Jesus Christ. And we need to trust him. He is the great warrior prince. That's who he is. He's the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And we've got to trust him in that. And the devil is terrified of him. Mm. Mm. And uh, we don't need to be afraid of demons. We need to be afraid of what demons are afraid of. And that is the almighty God. Because yeah. when Jesus encounters the demons, most of them ask this question, is it time for you to kick our butts yet? <laughs> right. They know. They, they, they know. They know. Mm -hmm. So they know. They, they know what we don't know. Right. They know that this war is already over, but it's happening in real time for us. Right. So the, game, the game's already been won, but we have to experience the game and we have to experience this process. And somehow in some way, God is gonna be glorified in all of this. Yeah. And people are gonna be saying, oh my gosh, that's why. That makes total sense. And God is going to redeem creation, fallen creation, to himself. And so um, we just need to be, you know, aware of this. We need to understand this, you know, that um, be very, very careful as you enter this world. And again, most of you are Bible novices. Why in the heck are you engaging in demonic things? Mm -hmm. Like you, you don't know your Bible. You, you don't even know your own roadmap. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, one of my favorite, um, uh, to quote a wizard as we end, uh. um, is when uh, in Lord of the Rings, the first book, The Fellowship of the Rings, there's great warriors in the, in the fellowship mm -hmm. of the nine. And um, one is a great king, uh, one is a great steward, one's a great uh, dwarf and, and a great elf, elfin warrior. And I love this scene when Gandalf says, it's in the movie, but in the book, it's even better. He says, your weapons are of no use here. Hmm. And they say, and Frodo says, what should we do? He says, run, fools, run. And um, man, I would just encourage you, if you're a novice in your faith, run. Get mm -hmm. away from that. Don't be a part of that. Um, because um, uh, what, what Gandalf says is the, um, the orcs and, and, and the, and the oh, what are they called? The, they've dug too deep mm -hmm. and they've brought forth an ancient beast, a bell rock, yeah. a demon from the past. And they brought him forth. And so that's what happens sometimes with these idiot people that practice witchcraft and do, they, they summon things that they don't understand. Right. And that's why we don't participate in necromancy. Listen to me, even if it works. So we didn't get into this, but Saul in the Bible is no longer hearing from God. Why? Because he stifled the Holy Spirit. He was disobedient. So instead of repenting, he goes to a witch at Endor. And this is in the book of uh, 1 Samuel. 
And he goes to her and he asks her to bring back Samuel, who is a prophet, a mighty man of God, the spiritual leader. And she says, I'm not supposed to do this because it's, it's against the law. And he tells her, no, go ahead and do it. And Samuel rebukes him. Why have you done this? The, the Holy Spirit has left you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in that instance, it seems that the witch was actually able to summon the spirit of Samuel who says, don't do that. Why are you doing this? And that's what your dead relatives would say. Even if it worked, if they were honest, they would say, what are you doing? Yeah. You should not be participating. This is dangerous. Mm-hmm. You're, you've just invited something that you can't handle into mm-hmm. your home. Why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. And um, we need to be very, very careful and very, very cautious you know, with this. Even some of the demons that the disciples faced, they couldn't deal with. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, this kind can only be dealt with prayer and fasting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, and we see that in the scriptures, even the great uh, Archangel Michael in the book of Daniel, it was slow to come because he was fighting the demon of Persia and it took him days. Michael, the, the most powerful angel in heaven. So if Michael's struggling, and, and so that's what, that's what the Bible says is some people, they have no respect for spiritual authority and for spiritual power, even demonic power. Mm-hmm. Um, like the devil's the devil. And you know, even people that run around rebuking him, you have no idea the authority and power that he has. So mm-hmm. you need to be very, very careful as you engage that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I mean, one of the great, greatest ways to be defeated by your enemy is not to respect their power. Mm-hmm. And as Christians, wow. we should understand that. And so, um, you know, Satan is a powerful being. Uh, he is the serpent of old. Mm-hmm. So um, he's been around the block a few times and, and, and we, get one, we get one lap around the block. Yeah. And so, um, and that's the problem with everybody today that says, well, I'm figuring it out on my own. Really, in your one lap, your one lap around the block, you're, 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 you're you yeah. know, carving out a path. It's like, man, you're an idiot. Mm. And so the beauty of the Bible is it gives us the ancient wisdom of God. Mm. And so as we take our one lap, we have the one who's taken every lap, who's guiding us and directing us and uh, speaking mm. to us. So again, have a safe Halloween, I pray that um, yeah, you know that uh, you can worship Jesus and not something else because everything else is demonic and awful and evil, and that's the one things that demons and fallen angels seem to relish is the worship that should only be given to God. Mm-hmm. You know, jealousy is is not just a human emotion; it seems to be a, a demonic emotion, and they relish that worship and they they want that. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I mean, the demons of old asked for your children. You know, and, and that's what I think abortion is. Abortion is, is a demonic sacrifice of children to self. That's what it is. It's saying, I'm going to take the life of my child because I worship me. And, um, and that, breaks, that breaks the heart of God mm-hmm. um, because God sent his only son so that you could worship him. The only one that is worthy of your worship. So, all right. <laughs> Well, yeah, your face, your face that, is looking at me like just in horror. I'm uh, heading home immediately to watch Elf because yeah. I probably just need to yeah. give it another chance. It sounds like go. it would make me happy. Yeah, um, I think you have a choice of you know what you're going to invite in, what you're going to pursue. I, I'm going to take the yeah. dancing tall man with the love of maple syrup over any of the scariness that we just discussed. So good plan, good yeah. plan. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us for this episode. If you want to get some of the notes from this episode, including some of the books Pastor Matt mentioned and that link to Rogo School, be sure to check out the show notes at debrief.show slash 86. You can also follow us at Debrief Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So you can share quotes from this episode, get more connected with us here at the Debrief crew. We would love to have you follow us there. And as always, if you'd like to support Sandals Church and the Debrief, especially if you don't regularly attend Sandals Church, we would love to have you support what we're doing here. 
You can do that anytime by texting Give Debrief to 951-900-4120. Anytime you can do that, you can just send a quick text. We've made it super easy to do. We would love to have you participate in what we're doing here at Sandals Church. Hope you guys have a great day and be sure to send in maybe some, I'm sure, very interesting follow-up questions to us at a Debrief Show or on Facebook. Mm-hmm.